There's a conspiracy theory against us. Bah, 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 bah. Will you be suing the Premier League as opposed to a club? When you get high-profile cock-ups like this, the most desperate element of it all is... Hello, folks. Welcome back to Just Another Football Podcast. It, we were just talking just before we started. It, that, that weekend started so well. The both Manchester clubs lost, and Villa battered Brighton. And it was so much fun, and it was it was like setting up to be the biggest weekend of the season, just results wise. It turned out to be the biggest weekend of the season for entirely different reasons. And uh, this, you know, it's a, it's an ever evolving situation that we unfortunately have to talk about. But if you're just straight from the off, if you're here, and I've already said this on Twitter, if you're here to look for like the snappy ranty takes and uh if you're looking for me as a liverpool fan to to go oh there's we're but we're, we're there's a conspiracy theory against us bah, 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 bah. Uh, you're gonna be disappointed um and i i don't know fergal and harry are here i i found the most annoying well kind of most desperate element of it all is the uh what a battery of it is like oh we've also had these set of decisions go against us by this specific referee in this specific minute of this specific game in that specific season and it's like an example from four or five years ago and uh people like coming up with research papers on the amount of of points Liverpool lost against each individual like referee and it's desperate it's so desperate it's so boring before anything else it's so desperate for copium i'll split it but we we have to talk about the situation as a whole, and this is like we've this is the seventh episode of the season, and we've talked about referees all previous six times. I feel like, uh, but we've ne- we've never we've never seen it be this bad. Like we've seen bad decisions taken via VAR, but we've never seen a legitimate goal get given as a goal and then like not get translated as such so they get given as goal it did get flagged as offside it was flagged as offside so, but you know we've, it's been repeated yeah um the, but the, before we move on terribly. just uh just to like give you the lineup of the rest of the episode we're going to talk about that as quickly as we can <laughs> then uh brighton lost to villa 6-1 and my fifth place prediction is looking really good just in case you missed that result, Manchester clubs both lost, and Everton lost their easiest game of the season. So we're gonna obviously gonna want to cover all that. Liverpool, Tottenham, Fergal, you you were gonna say something there? Sorry, cut off. Well, yeah, well, yeah, I, like Liverpool, like all the times Klopp was actually given off um, uh, and and gone mental. This is the one time where he actually said calm, strangely enough. I don't know if it was maybe he knew he, he didn't need to go over the top with, with what he was saying. Like It was so blatant that Liverpool have been shafted there. Um, that offside decision, I just don't get it. I, I don't get I honestly don't understand like how they, why they made the decision so quickly. Um, the camera angles are fairly clear. Um like you definitely need to draw the lines, but you could get to it, get to the decision or see that it was closer than it looks very quickly. So I don't know, I don't know how that's happened. And then I don't know why couldn't they just bring it back, even if the 
game was kicked off, like let's say they've made the mistake and then they've seen another couple of replays, could they not just still bring it back? I like even at half time I was thinking like, would it not have been would it like it's still a bad situation, but not have been better <laughs> to actually come out of the half time and be like be like goal goal given two one we're starting half a two one like is that not actually a better outcome for although it still it feels wrong is that not a better outcome because there was talk at halftime that they were gonna that this this apology was already in the works yeah and they were gonna it was gonna come out so like by halftime they knew there was something wrong with the game why not just, why not just give a goal it's definitely not right but it would feel like a better a better way of doing it than than just completely not giving Liverpool the goal, in because my opinion. protocol for a goal. I don't know why I have yeah. a sharpie in my hand. Because protocol. And, uh, yeah, I said last week, didn't I, that everything is protocol now and, and referees aren't um, given the room to think. I think it's also because the issue with um, ha- actually having referees sign up to be referees and then continue carry on, so you really end up with no refereeing talent whatsoever. So you have uh, way too many helping hands required, and that's not an English problem. This is a worldwide problem with probably all all of sports. Is that you need too many helping hands to be able to carry on your job properly as the rule books say uh and because it's such a integral part of the job that uh, if something goes wrong costs millions upon millions of dollars for businesses which is why liverpool are uh you know i've put out that statement and are considering elevating the situation it's because it's a business and this goal would have we don't know what the outcome of the game would have been but we would have been ahead so, mm-hmm. who knows and what the Spurs, result would be? Spurs weren't playing great in that second half. Uh, yeah, regardless, no, regardless of all of that, we don't know what would have happened after the goal. Yeah. Spurs may or may not have played as well as they did, or as badly as they did in the second half. Uh, but the because of because the integrity of the result is gone, Liverpool are now considering their possibly legal options because it's something that will cost them the league title at the end of the season if it happens potentially uh so as a business I, i'm, I'm not i'm of... not i'm not saying i like it i'm just saying that because refereeing decisions are crucial to the outcome of the game that it like now that we have var the scrutiny has has become uh has become way too much for the ability of any referee to handle given the current crop yeah i don't think it, it'll it, ever the, the, the... There's just the fact that it, they haven't properly drawn the lines. So it's not even like they've made this decision or, or made a mistake. The mistake was not looking at it closely and, and assessing that's what, what, what they have properly. And, that, and that's, why, that's why it feels really, really bad. Yeah. And there is kind of precedent for, for, for like getting money. It's usually from another club, though. Like, it was it Sheffield United got money from... West Ham, whenever they got relegated because Tevez was an illegal mm-hmm. transfer. Mm-hmm. So maybe if you're a good lawyer, you can make a case that it's a similar sort of uh, issue, although you'd be suing the Premier League as opposed to a club. Um, but yeah, it's, 
it was worse for Liverpool as well. The two red cards are arguably not red cards. This the first yellow for for Jadis. Yeah. It, it doesn't look like a yellow card. The red card for Curtis Jones, or was it Curtis Jones? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Curtis Jones, really, really, really unlucky. It didn't. I could see why it's given, but um, I, I, I find that incredibly harsh because they didn't feel like there was a whole lot of force in that tackle after his foot hit the ball. Um, but you have seen him given, so maybe that yeah. one's the, the least unlucky one. But then, in fairness, Jota making that second challenge while he's on the yellow card is ridiculous. Okay, I, was but, I, yeah. I, I initially did have obviously watched the game as a fan of the of the club that's being affected, and the bias tells you, I this is not even a foul. What are you doing? You got the ball. Um, the the more time passes, the more I I like increasingly not have a problem with it. Like I, I think it's it's fine to be given as a red card if you give it initially, but if you give it as a yellow and then it has to be reviewed to be a red, that I yeah. don't have a problem with. Um, but it was a bad tackle. It was a like a it was a forward tackle. Um, I was the, I the other a, one gone. I give it a not point four seven on the expected injuries. <laughs> I'd say. Like a really borderline. Yeah. Yeah. I did say that don't even give it a half an expected injury. Um, listen for last episode for more details. Um, I, I We could go on. I don't want to discuss the decisions themselves in game because there's an ocean of them. Like there's, there's many, many incidents of like other cards that could have been given or that ones that shouldn't have been given. Uh, or ones where, like, on a player's way of y'all. I don't want to talk about all of that. What I do want to talk about is, or do I really want to? I feel like I have to. Is, uh, like, what now? <laughs> Harry, I don't know if you have any any say, uh, any any take on this, but like, sure, what now? Can't be. You can't be confident with anything when it comes to, like. Just refereeing. The trust, the trust is gone. Definitely. But how do we cope? How do how uh, the hell yeah. do we cope? I think recent weeks has really put it's put the offsides into the uh, spotlight. Given hmm. what you see as a viewer when the lines are being drawn on, is potentially a misleading angle. Now, what we get is the calibration that goes on, and you kind of just have to trust that. The lines are put on in the right place and they come to the right decision. And I think the problem with something like that is when you get high-profile cock-ups like this, and I think there was one last season, I think Crystal Palace Brighton it was, where they drew the line in the wrong position and, like, cocked yeah. it up as well. And it's sort of... yeah. I've always said that I've reached the place with the offsides, or had reached the place with the offsides, where I kind of held them in the same esteem as goal line technology. And I know that's probably not an accurate way to describe it because goal line technology obviously like the goal line doesn't move so it's quite an easy thing to yeah. obviously have the technology mm-hmm. to do it, although they still cock that up once in fairness to them but it's, it's, it's quite it's an easy thing hundreds of examples it's right. an easy thing was, to set up right similar, in comparison it was a similar cock up in that like they didn't switch it on and this in this case they didn't use the yeah. lines it was like it was <laughs> a failure in procedure but like the actual sort yeah. of technology element of it is you know it's foolproof and you actually see a lot of the replays like you are you're able to build that trust 
I think with the offside, like you, you get somewhere, you just look at it. Like there was the uh, um, Everton Liverpool one uh, during COVID, I remember, which was just like ludicrous. Like you just oh, looked yeah. at like, how the hell have they overturned that? And, yeah. and in fairness, like since then, it's evolved a little bit. So there is kind of a little bit more of a margin for error with the kind of thickness of the lines. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the problem is if you get something like this, people are going to look at other decisions that have happened recently and go, well, what about that one? Or what about that one? And, and, and Ken Hag, been... whenever he was calling, whenever he was calling for the offsides a couple of weeks yeah, ago, like, saying like, he... the lines didn't look right. Gary Neville was saying something similar on after the game that, you know, like, and I feel, I feel like if people start judging, even when the lines are drawn to be a potential, you know, error, like it really, it really, the VAR is in a terrible place. If like people don't even trust when the lines are drawn, I, yeah. I, I can move past that. I can look past this as like a terrible mistake, but um, in that the lines just weren't drawn at all. But it's not um, even that. It, it, it's it, what... that the there are two video assistant referee. There's an a video assistant referee, and there's an assistant video assistant referee, which which has to be like more useless than a third choice goalkeeper. And mm. the the fact that both of them have failed to realize that the original decision was a offside as opposed to a goal. That's unprofessional. And that should be punished, and that should well, cause this relegation. Is the thing. So, well, we've we've we've, we've 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 sort of mentioned like they're not being precedent for it, but there is like this happened last season mm-hmm. when we played Brentford, and they forgot to draw the lines on and off. So, yeah. And this was different; it was the other way around, right? Like it was offside, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they didn't draw the line on and didn't pick it up, and that was again a failure to perform match day duties. In fairness, mm-hmm. exactly, and the, the individual involved lost his job now. It's harsh, you know, I, like you don't like to see anyone lose their job in any walk of life, but you are talking about a league with millions and millions of pounds at stake. Like there's, there's high consequences every time the players step on the pitch. Um, I don't know. I don't know if, if like the person that made the mistake could, needs to be fired, but I think it's more like, what can we do to correct this? And we've there's already introduced the, the um, technology to help assist where an offside has occurred and, and help them draw the lines like, like there's is it i think it's ai that, that's helping do that like like it was used at the world cup i think they're using the champions yeah so so whoever whoever decided to reject it maybe they need tact like well it probably, probably falls on howard webb yeah. Clearly, clearly, they need all the help that they can get with, with this, as to just where they draw the lines. If I was, if I was PGMOL, like they probably shouldn't be doing this, but I just would have came out and said that the there was an IT error or something. We lost connection with the match for because saying that they just haven't like the the line that seems to be coming out is that there was a slight panic or something in the in, in the bar room or something to that sort of uh, thing it's it's it's, it's it is crazy we've probably talked about it enough now ali have we i think we have but i wanted uh, this is the journey the genuine question i wanted to ask you to very quickly clean slate next season what do you do with var <laughs> Or any use of video review at all? Well, I've said what I would do. I, you know, <laughs> I bring in, I bring in, uh, ditch the fact that actual referees 
have to do the VR. Bring in three of them that vote when it comes down to um, uh, is it a clear and obvious mistake? Just ask them: Is that a foul? Is that is that is that a foul in the box, or is that uh, a red card in your opinion? These nice, simple questions, as opposed to is it clear and obvious? Um, bring in the uh, what, what was it called the partially assisted offsides, whatever yeah, the right term that is. Semi-automated, yeah. Semi-automated. Bring in that, um, and then when it comes to stuff like handballs, um, or like especially handballs i think we try and strip back the rules on it and um you you actually give the initiative to the referees to to make the call on that just on their instinct as opposed to because we're getting handballs now that feel incredibly harsh and, and 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 like don't feel like they're in the spirit of the game they might be by the law of the game but maybe not in the spirit of it do you know what it is for me? And I, I didn't sort of chime in when you talk about the red card, which on the balance probably is a red card. But it's the idea that what happens is the referee's told, right, go and have a look at this. He goes to the screen. He's presented a still of the moment of contact. Which, which is anti-policy, which is why Liverpool are, are uh, requesting which, to yeah, return the record. Which for me... It, it's kind of... Like for me, when they're showing them a still, and, or like the handballs... Or there's certain penalty decisions where you hear the audio for it, like they've done the segment of where you hear the audio. It's kind of like when you have an exam and like you're told this is the answer, show how you get to this. And it's sort of like, well, it's this inadvertent like guiding them to a decision. It's not go and take a look at this because it warrants a second opinion. It's go and take a look at this and change your mind because you're wrong. And I just think that we've we've kind of got this situation where they're going to the screen, you know they're going to change their mind. I mean, fans are... I, I've done it myself a couple of times where we had decisions that are going to go our way, and you just know as soon as they go over that it's kind of all, it's all for show, really, because they're going to take one look and come back and, and make the decision. Yeah, I think a lot of that would be ruled out with my suggestion of, like, the clear and obvious three... three If, three, if you get three votes or two votes, whatever, whatever amount of you decide on to have in the bar room, I think a lot of that would be cut out because it would take a a really really definite red for mm. people to, for the the people in the in the box to be like yeah no that is a red or they they, they ha- don't have to ask themselves is it clear and obvious like, it's such a stupid no. question to have have to the ask the clear and obvious edict i think has like muddied the waters massively it's, i don't think it's that, made it, I, it's I like to coin a phrase it's not issue. made it's not made anything clear and obvious to the viewer no. to anyone taking it in all it's done is serve to I think give them something to fall back on where they don't intervene with staff. Yeah. But then the second they do, they kind of re-referee the game at points as well. Yeah. You know, uh, I think it it should be it should be the the, the chat should be should be um, broadcast. It's just like the rugby is. Just um, we should be able to hear everything live. If they end up using it, which I I I don't I don't think we should go back. I like the the most annoying thing about this is is that the yeah. offsides have been the offsides was one of the things I could back fully and thought that was a great idea because there's goals in the past and you're just like how has that been given or how has that been chalked off like we don't want to go back to that 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 goal on Saturday or on Sunday um or what day was it Saturday was it um yeah the it that was that was still chalked off by the linesman that was there. So yeah. things don't don't get better without VAR. True. Um 
Um, and the like, it is a one in so many decisions that was in terms of the offside that has definitely gone wrong badly. So I think we have to stick with it with the offside. The rest of it, I'd be, I'd be nearly happy to go back to the, to the, to the referee if, um, if we couldn't resolve, if we couldn't get a better solution for how VAR works for the rest of it. Ding, ding, ding. I yeah, would, sorry. I would delete VAR except for semi-automated or, or any v- form of video reviews. Um, yeah. Except for video, rev- except for um, offsides, semi-automated offsides only. Mm-hmm. Uh, and goal line technology. Everything else, leave it up to the four officials that are on the field to act as grown and take their own decisions and let the fans debate but learn that there is injustice in life and move on. Villa 1-6-1 against Brighton. It's one of... It's, Another one of those very weird results that you didn't see coming, uh, where just teams that are similar to each other win by massive margins, and it's weird. It was such a weird game as well. Like Breton won the XG, won the field tilt, uh, won the possession battle. Didn't win the game, have they? Got battered. Yeah, not quite sharing your opinion on the optimism on Aston Villa, Ali. I've got to kind of be true to form here and uh, just bash Villa a little bit. Um, no, like, listen, they've had some good results. They, they are going to be hard to beat at Villa Park. I think their performances there this season have shown that. Um, as you said, like, kind of the actual metrics of the game suggested it was a lot more even, although Villa were 3 up very quickly, so it's a little bit misleading. Um, I think... What you see with Emery is he definitely usually gets the most out of the number nine playing for him. And I think you see that with, with Watkins at the minute. I mean, it's quite funny, actually, in one of my um, Twitter group chats, it was sort of a dip because on the Saturday social on um, Sky Sports, they were sort of ranking Premier League strikers and uh, mm. they were really big on Ollie Watkins. And I was sort of like, well, I think he's good, but he's just kind of a bog standard mid table, you know, Premier League striker. And, uh, Wow. Yeah, I sort of I've learned not to open my mouth on these things because far from the first time I've uh, looked a bit foolish. But yeah. uh, he was very good. I think Bailey obviously looks a good pickup. Uh, not Bailey. Um, Diaby looks a good pickup mm-hmm. um, for them, and they are going to be good this season. Like I, I'm not quite seeing fifth. I think that the squad depth isn't quite there to maintain the kind of sun the Thursday Sundays all season, but. I think they could do well in the Conference League. And I think you also see with Brighton, this isn't the first time that, yes, their football's great and they're exceeding expectations and, you know, it's fantastic. But let's just, let's have it right. As much as Deserve, he's doing a great job. Some of the results he's had, like, you would not be afforded those at, at certain big clubs without significant, like, repercussions. Um, you like, you can't lose 5-1 at home to Everton, 6-1 at Villa Park in the way they have done as well, looking so open, like they can concede nearly every attack. Um, as much as they play pretty football and nice patterns, and it's good that they play short on every goal kick. I mean, good for them. But yeah, I think you can't be getting drubbed every few weeks and sort of... <laughs> well, I, I suppose as Brighton, you can. I think that's, the, I suppose, the thing. It's kind of relative to expectations, but uh, maybe just a bit of a leveler okay. of kind of where they are. 
I think if Brighton got, I wonder, I would love to ask a Brighton fan, like, how many drubbins would you take if you still got European football? <laughs> yeah. I would, yeah, I would say whatever is mathematically possible, I would say their, their answer is. No, that's, um, it's, it's true. I think it's more of as a. As long as it's not Palace, probably it would be another answer. Like, um, it's, it's, um, I think it's more of a deserve point, I suppose, than a, than a Brighton. Because yeah. you're right, like relative rotations, Brighton are massively overachieving and they would probably take seven or eight drubbings a season if it meant that they could finish in the top half and challenge for Europe. But I think when people sort of go, well, Deserby, you know, could be the next Man City manager or he could manage anyone in the top six. Like, he's doing a great job. They're playing great football. But yeah. maybe just a little bit of an eye-opener as to exactly how translatable that would be at, at sort of a, a top club with high expectations. I think it would be very well translated. I think the the main uh, weakness with Deserby's tactics is that Sometimes, like he, if a team is pressing them actually, like overwhelmingly to the to the point where you, you know, the intent is to allow as little space as possible for passes, like Villa did, uh, because the whole point is attract the press, pass through it. But if you have non-elite players to do that, sometimes you'll get caught by uh, presses that are quick and the are done by really fast midfielders and forwards like Ollie Watkins, like Musa Diaby, uh, or really hardworking ones yeah. like John McGinn. Kamara's fairly quick as well. Uh, Douglas Weiss is one of the Premier League's best DMs. So playing like through that is going to be quite difficult, except especially for jo- starting Jack Hinchelwood. Like credit to the guy, he's a good young midfielder. I suppose it's getting first team opportunities now, but. Uh, yeah, I think it would be very well translated in a Man City who just have really good passers all over the, the pitch yeah. as opposed to Brighton, who do it fairly well, obviously, um, but just will sometimes get caught out. Brighton's going to feel very lightweight against up against like you know, Douglas Suiz, as you said, and, and Kamara. Like they're two sturdy midfielders uh, yeah. that are great on, on the ball as well, have all the quality and you're up against Gilmore and then a, um, what's his name? Uh, Jack Hinchelwood. Yeah. Hadn't heard of him until until he played. Um, I don't know if that was, was I assume that was his first Premier League start. I could be wrong though. Cause I, I really think it was. Game. I did hear about him for the first time in preseason when they came to the US. I think he like, right. played a part in that Chelsea game, but didn't notice him much. Um, not as yeah. much as like a Cesare Casadei. Uh, yeah, but, but that's a, that's a that's a really tough tough uh, first game to be chucked into with with, with like villains. Yeah, it's a baptism of fire. Yeah, yeah. Really. Um, so, I wonder are Brighton starting to be worked out? Um, no, I, no, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Everyone I, knows I how think... they play, but it it's the the key is either to sit off entirely and and just hope they don't like pop it through you. This was an off day for Brighton, just like in terms of playing through through the press. But uh, the other key is if you are going to press, you may want to make sure you uh, not close players down, but close channels down. But that will also come down to uh, Brighton's actual off-ball movement. Um, yeah. If yeah. they make themselves available in the right spots, given the opposition press, then it's easier for, for, for Brighton to pass between each other. But 
Uh, I, it's, it's I, quite I think there's no... I think, I think there's a couple of players that you can now start to target for Brighton. Um, I've, I, I wasn't too keen on Van, uh, Van de Heck or Van Heck. Van Heck? Um, My boy is Van Heck. I watched the, that camp a bit, for the preseason game against Chelsea. He had a he had a howler. Oh yeah. Um, and and ever since then he's just never quite done it for me. And they were they're always looking to get Colwell if they could have done from Chelsea. So that makes me just think that, you know, they're always looking for a another centre back as well as the Igor that that they brought in. Mm-hmm. Maybe Igor comes into the, the team. Eagles. Is it Igor? I... Yeah. It's just it, the way it, you call him the the Igor. The Igor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But if he if he comes into the team and he maybe maybe he'll grow into that role and then be become the second choice as as the season goes on. Brighton do like to mm. ease players in. Maybe he'll become that. But mm. interesting to see. Manchester United continue to be one of the funnier Premier League teams, losing uh, one 0 to Crystal Palace. I don't think what's more depress. I don't know what's more depressing for them. The fact that they uh, lost again at Old Trafford again to just like a random team. Well. It's an average. You know, five, not just, exactly. five on the trot, Big Roy has. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Five on the trot is unbelievable. Absolutely. He's, How tall what, is he? What, what? How tall is he? Hold on. Oh, he's tall. Roy Hudson's ah, a tall fan. Roy you, know, is... you know who is short? Um, and we'll come on to him. Is Gary O'Neill. Oh, <laughs> we'll come on So we can have you know. Gary O'Neill as uh, short king of the week. I have a different. As nominated thought. by myself last season. Uh, yeah, there you go. Um, I just want to point it out as well. Like I know we're not going to talk about it, but like Bournemouth look absolutely terrible since getting like they're awful. Ali, that shout is horrendous. <laughs> absolutely horrendous. Um, Gary O'Neill was working minor miracles with that squad. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I yeah this uh, it's I don't know what's looking worse, Brentford. Oh, sorry, uh, Bournemouth or Burnley. Burnley. The Burnley shout is especially um, Burnley got all of us. Yeah. yeah, they did. Um, but that's, that's what happens. That's that's what you get when you get rid of a short king. You get exactly. you get your, yeah. You get what goes around comes around. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, just uh, back back to my point though. I don't know what's more depressing for Man United. Uh, it's just it's great to see what's happening there. The fact that they lost again at Old Trafford to just a middling team with respect, or the fact that there was someone posted a video on Twitter of how like the roof was leaking because it was, it was heavily raining. It was just like dropping rain all over him, uh, and it, it's just like I I just, I can only imagine how they feel right now, like the match actual match going fans. Yeah. Uh, about just the abs- the general toxicity within the team and uh, and w- with the experience overall of of going there uh, from an instru- infrastructure standpoint for one of the biggest clubs in the world. They'll That's need awful. to bring um. They'll need to make uh, um. What do you call it? Um. Norwich ponchos now uh, for going to the game. <laughs> Norwich ponchos. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Exactly. What, you know the waterproof ponchos you get with the uh, orangey yellow one of those. I, yeah, I'll, I'll get them sorted. Yeah, green and yellow ones. Um, yeah, they lose again. Uh, when when does he go then? 
<laughs> when is the point? Tonight. <laughs> Tonight. Uh, yeah. I you know what? If Chelsea go above Man United at any point, then that's a problem. Can, can they go above them? How many points are Chelsea on? Seven. So Chelsea right now are on six points. Manchester United are on nine. Man United so are on nine. Theoretically, yeah. if Chelsea win three nil today, they go level. That's to that's very difference. optimistic. But you I, know, if they do, if they do, it's totally Absolutely. you know, it's not impossible. But what's totally to doable is thing. is if Chelsea go above Man United this season at some point in the very near future. Um. Yeah, that was mad. It, that, that, yeah, it says it all. That's depressing for me that you know our our <laughs> our, our measures for success is, is can we beat Man United at the moment? Yeah, and I, I'm I'm more confident things are on on the turn for Chelsea. We're not going to talk about them. United have a decent run for a couple of games, and then they've got and they, they seem to have a couple of games on, a couple of games off, and their their fixtures aren't too badly spaced out. Um. Galatasaray at home tomorrow or tonight. If you're if you're listening to the day this podcast comes out, mm-hmm. um, there you go. Nearly, nearly, nearly cocked it up. I got there in the end. Um, but yeah, they uh, that'll be a big game. If they if they lose that, the pressure will be really on because like yeah, you have to win those games. Absolutely. You know who had to win a game and didn't? Oh, they had to win Everton. Lose to Luton Town, the easiest fixture of the season. And if that doesn't tell you that they 100% are just prime relegation material, I don't know what will. I don't know if they're ever going to win another home game. (laughs) They might never win another game at Goodison Park. I, I, I think but, you're underestimating uh, yeah. the, the impact. They're moving this season, aren't they? Mm-hmm. So this could, yeah, they might. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How funny would that They go the full uh, last season at Goodison about winning a single game. I mean, they've blown some pretty easy fixtures as well. Like Obviously, with the exception of us, they've played Wolves, Fulham and uh, Luton, which, you know, they're three of the sort of six or seven teams you'd expect to be like right down there, obviously, alongside them. Yeah. <laughs> it's not great, is it? Prime relegation material. What I would say, Ali, though, is I wouldn't underestimate the impact of starting Chidozek Benny two games in a row. Um, <laughs> Amazing. It, it, both both games they've started. Yeah. Uh, you know, the other game was against Wolves. They, they got a point, um, and Wolves they just beat Man City. So Wolves were clearly very good, yeah. even though they had a man down in that game, and then. Coming up against everything, you know, you, you just how can you measure Luton whenever they've got Ogbeni? I would give it a few more games. Maybe it'll turn out to be an unlucky result. Everton might take a loss against Luton once Ogbeni gets really get really gets yeah. going. He's he, he, he four points from two games so far. Chelsea Ogbeni, and then they have uh, their next game is against Burnley as well, which is and Everton's next game, game is against Bournemouth. What a weekend! It, no, Luton Burnley's tonight, Ali. Oh, Luton Burnley is tonight. It's a mi- it's a midweek game. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. You see, see the league turning. Oh yeah. Um, Everton play Bournemouth as well on uh, uh, next well this Saturday, and then they play ah. Liverpool at Anfield. So, 
nice a couple of weeks coming for for everything. Jeez. Of course, yeah, of course. Uh, speaking of uh, Wolves, they beat Manchester City. Of course, that's the first beat of the season for City, which Liverpool ultimately could have leapfrogged and went into top spot. But we move. I would yeah. like to give short King of the Week, and we'll end on this uh, just for the sake of time. I would give short King of the Week to Pedroneto again, just because of him. Mm. Goal. I. I, I, I just to point out in, in that game, it was a great game for the short kings. You had He Chan, who maybe borderline short king, uh, but then you also had Alvarez, definite short king, getting a goal. And then on top of that, uh, kick. Uh, Ruben Diaz, own goal. He's really tall, so yeah. it was great to see him get. <laughs> Great to see him getting an own goal. Yeah. Great one for the short kings. So Amazing, uh, and yeah. then Gary O'Neill came out on top. I'm gonna go Gary O'Neill because I backed Wolves at the start of the season and I said Bournemouth cur- curse you for getting rid of the short king Gary O'Neill and getting in a, a tall fella from Spain. Uh you know. So I'm I'm gonna say Gary O'Neill. I I'm happy I'll to go with that. Yeah, I'm I'm happy to go with that. I, I would have given it to Pedro Neto because it was it's a great run. Great run. And Bournemouth caused an own goal for uh, a tall fella. Uh, Wolves are four points ahead of Bournemouth as things stand. So there you go. There you go. Winless Bournemouth. Struggling. Amazing TikTok. Shout out Josh Peach, who's the. Uh, he's an FM streamer that I know well. Uh, and he's the TikTok um, admin. Or like TikTok. Um, yeah, admin. Is it? That the term anyway, yeah. the content creator for them, uh, the TikTok four wolves, four wolves TikTok. Uh, he's like right. a videographer there, and the, the TikTok that came out is uh, was great because Guardiola referred to when he chan as the, the Korean guy, didn't he? He did, um, right? I don't know. Do we have time just on TikTok? Um, we didn't cover it, I don't know if we should or not, but the Ossiman. Stuff. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, go for it, please. Since we're on TikTok, like that is just like if he actually doesn't leave in January, I, I, I'd be, I don't think I'd he will. Actually, he he came out with a statement of of like, hey, you know, um, uh, I don't, I don't know what the exact statement is. I can pull it up, but it seems like they actually fired the TikTok creator, the creator. from the Apple. Yeah, right. I think they they fired him. Uh, and Osimhen obviously had a bad couple of days, and the game after he scored and didn't celebrate. Um, but the I think the fans were like were showing support and had like Osimhen banners yeah. and stuff like that. But he did come out with a statement um, shortly after, and I can pull it up right now from uh, from his Twitter page. Uh, but then, yeah, before Andy deleted all his, but it it just it is cr- just to talk on it though. Like the, there's the one with mentions coconut, and it's just like ridiculously racist, yeah, blatantly yeah. racist. Like there's no there's no like oh it, you know it's it's just a joke gone wrong or any sort of any rubbish like that. It's so so racist. And then on top of that, yeah. like even on a minor level. The other TikTok is just taking the piss out of him for for missing the penalty. Like, like even that alone is just like, why? Why are you trying to slag off your 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 star player that helped you win your first Scudetto in thirty odd years? 
It is bonkers. I don't know. Like, it, the, whoever, like, it just kind of makes me think that, like, whoever's, whoever was running that TikTok account, their targets are clearly, like, get as many views as you want at all costs. I don't see how um, a sort of healthy environment and targets um, it creates that sort of content. If you if you, if you don't if it if it's more about let's be positive and stuff like that, it, mm. clearly they must have just been like get whatever clicks and ratings and whatever what's going to catch the most eyes what whatever it is because it that's the only way that sort of toxic content comes out in my opinion. It's yeah that and that and the person being racist clearly as well. Yeah, yeah, blatant. It's it's blatant, isn't it? Um, but I feel I think they they got rid of. That individual or set of individuals yeah. involved. Um, he posted a statement coming to the city of Naples in 2020 was a wonderful decision for me. The people of Naples have shown me so much love and kindness. I will not allow anyone to come between us. Uh, it's like a message of unity. Uh, That's very accusation. big. Yeah, the passion of the people of Naples fuels my fire to always play with my heart and soul, and the love for the badge is unwavering as, as I wear it with pride. The accusation of the against the people of Naples are untrue, because obviously social media discourse. Oh, yeah, people Napoli people or Napoli fans are racist. Um, I have a lot of friends that are Napolitans. I don't know if I pronounced that correctly. Sorry, and <laughs> have become part of my family and everyday life. I appreciate Nigerians and everyone for lending their voices to support and reach out to me. Thanks so much. I'm forever grateful. Let's continue to spread unity, respect, and standing towards Napoli. Simpre, simpre. There you go. Uh, so he's Fair he's enough. he's kind of re, you know, resurfaced, reinvigorated his commitment to uh, to Napoli, which I think you know having, of course, they will have resolved that issue internally. I think is the best case scenario to uh, kind of put it to the side and move on with it. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's good for all involved. Um, okay. We've ordered our short king of the week. We've uh, we've recorded for a while. It's a long, eventful episode, boys. Uh, we need to do tabs on Tammy very soon because it's, uh, Roma is struggling. Oh, happy birthday to Tammy Abraham! He turns twenty-six today. There you go. Yes, wow. He's he's not getting a long game Constant time. Romelu Lukaku that. is yeah. Romelu Lukaku is uh, the one getting all the game time at the moment, and he scored in their last game. They finally won a football match. Mourinho's third season at a football club is going badly. Shock. Uh, and Never seen that one before. Uh, absolutely not. Uh, but no, they, they are struggling. But we need, to, we need to talk about them soon. They play Servette in the Europa League this uh, Thursday. So um, we'll see how that kind of goes. But as a quick status update, they are 13th. They have won two games from the opening seven fixtures. They have eight points. They are five away from relegation. Uh, they are already eight, ten points away from top spot, which is occupied by Inter and Milan. Classic uh, Mil- Milanese title race there. But we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that soon, I, uh, I'm pretty sure. Okay, thanks, boys. Thanks for bearing with the connection issues. <laughs> They've had to edit through. Uh, yeah, we started recording literally an hour ago, but... Um... Yeah, I'll have to do a lot of editing tonight. Well, anyway, go to the description. Find us on everywhere on social media and follow us, I guess, I suppose, on all of those. Subscribe if you haven't. Drop a like if you've reached this point. Congratulations. 
And uh, there will be a superlatives for the month of September dropping very, very soon. Sorry I have uh, been slacking with the short form content. Um, thank you for subscribing. Uh, we've hit 100 Twitter followers now. So, uh, oh, wow. Yeah. That's nice. Triple digits, baby. <laughs> what a moment. Uh, amazing. Yeah, we did it this morning. How many, so, bots you, are how many bots are there? I don't think there are any, to be honest. Wow. That's yeah, that's more of 100 genuine short kings and queens. However tall or short you are, if you watch just or listen to just another you, global podcast. You're a short king at heart. You're a short king or queen at heart. <laughs> you're, you're here. You're right here. Okay. Catch you soon, guys. <laughs> See you on the flip side. All being well. And uh, cheers. I guess. Oh, what a day. How many ways did you say goodbye there at the end, Ali? <laughs> <laughs> I have to cut them. It's been said by 10 and 7 ways to say goodbye. <laughs> to say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>